This is On Mike with Jordan Rich, and I'm Jordan Rich. Hello there. Nice to have you on board. Wanted to give you the contact information so you can get in touch with me. You can email me, jordan at chartproductions.com. That's C-H-A-R-T, jordan at chartproductions.com. We are now actively on Twitter, at Jordan WBZ, and on Facebook, it's Jordan Rich Show. So lots of ways to get in touch. And we have a lot of exciting news for you, not only the guests that are planned for the next several weeks and months, but the likelihood that we'll be taking the show on the road for the recording of podcasts with a live studio audience. We'll tell you more about that as it gets closer. My guest today is an inspiration to people far and wide. She contracted polio at five years of age. And at 55, she ran in and completed the Boston Marathon. In 2006, Mary McManus was struck again, diagnosed with post-polio syndrome, which is a progressive neuromuscular disease. But if you know Mary, you know that she decided at the time not to take this diagnosis sitting down. Through, as she says, divine guidance, Mary discovered the healing power of poetry. The work opened a portal to her own healing, to hope, possibility, happiness, and joy, as she imagined her future free from the shackles of her past. It's truly an amazing story, and she's a terrific friend, Mary McManus. So the fact that we're able to corner you to do the podcast is amazing since you're always, quote, on the run, unquote. <laughs> That's a good thing. That is a wonderful thing, Jordan. It absolutely is. Yes. Welcome back, Mary. Nice to see you. Oh, it's so wonderful to see you, Jordan. How many years was it? It's 11 years on June, June something, because that was the first road race I ever ran. And you had me on the show after I'd run that. Um, it was interesting because we actually had to cancel initially. You had a conflict. And so that was the date that I happened to be on. And then you followed my journeys and had me on WBZ. And That's it's just right. been such a great support. And I'm so we, grateful. We did several radio programs, and so many of them centered around either the poetry books or the races or the marathons or or just the story and the struggle. Uh, and it's been really an honor to do that. So here we are again with The Adventures of Runner Girl 1953. And this is your latest. This is my latest. And I must say my greatest. I'm really, really proud mm -hmm. of this work, Jordan. It I really hadn't planned on writing another book. And it just came to me that I really needed to do a broad brush look at my journey and also add to it because there was another section of the healing that was really important to let people know about and mm -hmm. the power of the mind-body connection and also the fact that you think you're going to give up and you think you can't take another hit and you're just, it's just going to knock you out for the final time this time. And somehow we're able to dig deep and find that strength and that courage and come back. And my gift is that I can inspire others with a message of, of hope and possibility when, by all appearances, it doesn't look like it would be there. Well, you <clears throat> strolled into the studio. I hadn't seen you in a couple of months or years. I'm not sure, but we talk a lot. But you look great and uh, you have an opportunity to share with these listeners a bit of your story. And I hope they... They get to read the book and enjoy it as much as I did. So let's just give the thumbnail biography here because it has to do with you as a young girl at the age of, what, five, five. or six? Yes. Uh, developing um, polio of a certain type. Mm -hmm. Tell us so, about it. 
I was dancing around the gym in kindergarten class, and all of a sudden I collapsed. And they did a spinal tap at home and discovered that it was paralytic polio. It was one of the last polio epidemics here in the United States. Even though I had five vaccines, I still contracted it. My girlfriend's mother was not vaccinated and contracted it the same day as I did. Her case was much worse. And so I believe that the five vaccines Mm -hmm. actually probably saved me Mm -hmm. from a worse case. So I was paralyzed initially for oh a good three months. And then I got movement back on my right side, but my left side stayed paralyzed for um, several months after that. Having that would have been bad enough, but my mother was addicted to prescription pain medication. And three years after I contracted polio, my father started drinking and became very abusive and abused me in Mm -hmm. every imaginable way. Mm. So that was my start in life. That's quite a childhood. That's quite a shock to the system, just the physical manifestation, but then you add in all the trauma, which we'll talk about. So it's not ending there. And we'll talk about the (laughs) medical conditions because that's important to the story. But uh, you get through that somehow Mm -hmm. and you move on. And then something happens later in life that really is a bummer. But why don't we talk about... (laughs) Why don't we talk about the onset of, well, I guess you'd call it a return of some sort of polio. Yeah, it's it's called post-polio syndrome. And unfortunately, many, many polio survivors have been diagnosed with this condition. And the way that the medical establishment understands it is that it's a progressive neuromuscular disease because what had been compromised by the initial polio virus has affected people as they age. And so the normal aging process basically gets accelerated. And the symptoms from polio actually returned. And my limp came back. I had difficulty swallowing and breathing. Polio affects the central nervous mm-hmm. system. And so- well, Was this gradual, Mary, or did you, did you have a sudden onset? How did you come upon No, it was gradual. It came on for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And finally, after 10 years, it got to the point where I knew something was not right. And I told my primary care provider, and he attributed it to post-traumatic stress disorder because of my traumatic history, and also to the empty nest syndrome um, and menopause and all the the women things. And I said, I don't think so. That may be contributing to it, but there's definitely something here. And I said, do you think I could be experiencing post-polio syndrome? And he said, it doesn't exist. So I fired him. And I Googled, Hmm. and I found the Spalding Rehab Post-Polio Clinic in Framingham. Okay. Prior to the onset that really started to take effect in a big way, you had a successful career? Yes. I was a VA social worker, and I loved my work. I loved working with veterans. So you were working with veterans who, you talk about post-traumatic stress, Mm -hmm. they're the poster children for it. And yet you were dealing or not dealing maybe with it completely at that point. So we'll talk again. I want to get into that in a separate um, bucket in a few moments. But when you were diagnosed with post-polio syndrome, what was the verdict at that point? So they had to, it's a diagnosis of exclusion, which means that I had to undergo extensive testing to make sure that in fact, it was just post-polio syndrome. 
And after all of my blood tests came back, they did something called an EMG, which is testing nerve muscle function, et cetera. And after all of that was completed, we had a team meeting and they said, you have post-polio syndrome, you need to quit your award-winning, well, they didn't call it award-winning, but it was Mm -hmm. award-winning career at the VA, and you need to prepare to spend the rest of your life in a wheelchair. I'm going to send you for speech and swallow therapy, uh, occupational therapy, physical therapy. You have to learn how to conserve your energy. You need to either move to a ranch or adapt your cape home. Uh, We'll give you a handicap placard. You need to apply for the ride because you can't use public transportation. Um, I had to not talk while I was eating because I would aspirate food into my lungs. And that was the verdict. Now, we're going to talk about Runner Girl because that's the title of the book. But it's not to say that many, many people who have this condition wouldn't do well with those pieces of advice because, unfortunately, a lot of people – not Mary McManus, but a lot of people <laughs> take what they've got and deal with it, and they have a tough go. This is not an easy thing to deal with. In your case, no wheelchair for you. <laughs> well, as I like to say, I didn't take the diagnosis sitting down. And so <laughs> as I've done throughout my life is I got still. And, well, first I got really angry. Mm. I was I was beside myself. And after all I'd lived through, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. it's how is this even possible that this is happening to me? And so then I got – after I got angry, I went through all the phases of grieving and everything. And then I said, well, I'm just going to get still and ask for divine guidance. When I was paralyzed as a child, I had a vision. And I felt it was my guardian angel who had come to me. And I have always had a very, very strong faith, which is what's gotten me through. Mm -hmm. So I got still and I asked for divine guidance. And I was reading the new age, um, the new age, old age wisdom Mm -hmm. from Dr. Bernie Siegel and from Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I, I had all these papers spread out on my dining room table. And this phrase just jumped out at me about, I am so happy and grateful now that I can, dot, dot, dot. And one of the the ways the sentence was finished, the sentence had been finished was, I am so happy and grateful now that I can create. And it, it literally jumped off the page and I'm thinking, create, create what? I've had my children, my career, they're telling me I need to quit my job. So what am I going to create? And a poem flowed out of me. And that's the start of many poems, right? That's the first <laughs> yes. of many. And of course, here you are with what could have been a lifelong sentence. And whether it's totally divinely inspired or what is internal, which is energy and, and strength, mm-hmm. you've overcome a lot and and used these poems and used your story to to help others, haven't you? Yes, yeah. And so the title of that first poem was Running the Race. Mm-hmm. And I was absolutely astounded and I was curious. And when I wrote that poem, I felt a shift happen within me. And then I had to have paper and pen by me at all times because it was like something turned on in my soul and started inspiring me to heal. And what this did was it was the mind-body connection. And as I imagined myself as healthy, whole, and free, my body was transforming. And this is a message that 
many people don't understand and they because everyone's so entrenched in the medical system and yes we need western medicine without a doubt but we also have a lot of power within us to heal ourselves mm. and that message has touched so many people's lives i've been so blessed and so amazed to receive emails or for somebody on Facebook to say, oh, my God, I needed that message right now. Mm. And I share my poetry and um, my anthology of poems is Feel the Heal. And it's all about feeling the healing within you and feel how when you start thinking about yourself in a different way than your diagnosis and your prognosis, watch what you feel inside of your body. We'll be right back with today's guest in a moment. This podcast is produced at Chart Productions with technical assistance from Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media. Now, if you're interested in developing your own podcast, whether for business or fun, please get in touch. We're now actively producing a whole bunch of great shows. And with our decades of broadcast experience, we can help you every step of the way produce and push up to the cloud a podcast you can be proud of. Visit chartproductions.com, C-H-A-R-T productions.com, and get in touch if we can be of help. Now, back to today's episode. So it's one thing to say, I'm not dealing with a wheelchair, I'm going to live a normal life. It's another thing to decide to run marathons <laughs> and to complete marathons. I mean, I think about the, the Boston Marathon often because I've covered it for years and I am sure. a fan. I mean, I've seen these and I think how much of a challenge it is to, to even run half a marathon or a quarter of a marathon. It takes a lot of dedication and timing and, and exercise and energy and practice and dedication. So how does this happen? Where does this, where does this idea to put on Nikes and take off come from? <laughs> um, that's a great question, Jordan. So I, I wrote this poem. I'm writing poems. I go through outpatient uh, therapy at Spalding Rehab. And then as serendipity would have it, I met a personal trainer. And I said, do you think I can get a little stronger? Can we build on what Spalding gave me? And she used a Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And so she took me on as a client. Six months after we worked together, I come out of my leg brace because I, even though I wasn't in a wheelchair, I still mm -hmm. had a leg brace to support my left leg. And she's really excited with my progress. I'm thrilled with my progress. I can now get off of a, a sofa without holding on or without somebody pulling me out of it. And so my, my functional abilities were improving. And she says, what are your next goals? And I said, well, I want to I go outside. I want to walk. I want to feel free in my body. I want to get rid of this leg brace. And I would love to dance again because I was a ballerina before polio hit. And she's writing everything down and getting ideas. And she's got her hand on the doorknob. And I say, wait, I have one more goal. And she says, oh, okay. She puts down her things. What's that? And what came out of my mouth next was, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon for Spalding <laughs> Rehab. I hear they have a race for rehab team. Yes, so. they do. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people say that that's a bucket list, you know, climbing a mountain, running that marathon. Uh, but it seems to be, as you say, serendipitous that you met this woman and it just happened. This is what I need. You weren't thinking about that no, prior. No. Okay. No, not at all. I would joke, Jordan, because we live near the marathon route and I've been in Boston for years and yes. so we'd watch it. And I I had several leg surgeries, reconstructive leg surgery, and it 
always would be around the time of the marathon. And so I joke and I'd say, oh, I'm not going to run it this year. But other than that, I, I'd never run a day in my life. And I, that wasn't even on my bucket list. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Let's talk about the marathon that you did run and complete and and vie in and how you trained for that. Because I know anybody trains aggressively for months was it any more intense because of what you've gone through? Mm-hmm. It had to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we started indoors that February and just building up cardiovascular strength and uh, also with a lot of weight training and just getting the muscles and nerves and getting those connections. And then I bought my first pair of running shoes and we went outside in April of that year. So it was a, a full year of intensive training. Mm -hmm. And the first time that it was running for one minute and walking for four, my heart rate went up over like 170 Mm -hmm. just from one minute of running. So it was pretty intense, but Janine was amazing. And she just believed, as I believe, that we could do this. And then After I made that declaration, I told my husband and my daughter that I have a new goal. And they said, oh, you know, what's that? They were enthralled with my progress. And I said, I'm running the Boston Marathon. (laughs) Oh, sure you are. Oh, we'll run it with you. And the joke is they really didn't think that I was serious. (laughs) (laughs) And all these years later, they're still running. You're still running. I want to go back to what we promised we talk about, and that is – the the psychological and emotional trauma, mm-hmm. and I firmly believe, and this is also scientifically drawn out, that we store everything in our bodies. Our bodies are messengers, and, and it's reflected pain. Psychic pain is reflected in our bodies. But it sounds to me as though you really didn't deal with this until you were well into your adulthood. Yes. Did you have any uh, help or assistance as a youngster getting through any of this? And And if so, what have you learned since adulthood about how to deal with this? So I did not deal with it. I just tried to survive as best I could. I harnessed my intellectual prowess. I was Pushed it down? Yeah, Yeah. completely pushed it down. And I was National Honor Society. And even uh, when I got my master's, um, I was Alpha Sigma Nu, a Jesuit Honor Society. But in graduate school, so in my 30s, I saw a wonderful therapist, but we weren't dealing with trauma. We were dealing with just being a woman in my 30s uh, who had survived trauma, but I was trying to get pregnant at the time. Mm-hmm. And so we were dealing with a lot of uh, what's it like being a social worker and being a trauma survivor yourself. I call that uh, doing some gardening, but not deep digging. Right. You weren't taking weeds out. You were simply pruning, if you will. What a beautiful analogy. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, and to go in is is hard work. Mm -hmm. So there was a point, though, when you did do that weeding. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, it was such a wake up call for me uh, with the post polio Mm -hmm. diagnosis. And interestingly enough, the way that I did it was through mind body therapies. And so I I did a lot of body work that brought out the trauma. Uh, and at the same time, the, the running and the poetry, it was all organic in the way that I was healing. And I journal and then I meditate 
And so all of that together was at the same time weeding and bringing it up mm. and yet also a healing bomb. You mentioned the woman's name, Janine, who at the Spalding. Great organization, by the way. I have friends who work there. And it's interesting, too, how the people that come into your life when you're on this journey, whatever journey it might be. And over the years when we did radio together, when you'd come in after or before an event that you ran or whatever – you would actually introduce me to some of these amazing people in the Boston area yes. who were doing the the body work and the, the yoga work. And it, it's incredible when you open yourself up what you're going to find. Oh, absolutely. And the, the people that come into your life is just phenomenal. And it's – as a trauma survivor, you're right, Jordan. The tendency is to push everything down. But there's no escaping it. And there's a line in one of my poems about the body remembers what the mind forgets mm. until it's time to heal. Right. And the body, I believe and you believe, you know, tells you, OK, wake up call. Let's deal with this finally. <laughs> yes. And it's not easy. But boy, is it worth it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely worth every every moment. I think of it like, you know, you have a Band-Aid on a wound and mm. it's going to hurt to pull it off. And mm. it's going to also hurt when you debride the wound. But man, once that healing happens, it's fabulous. It is indeed. We haven't mentioned a silent partner who's in the studio who is very silent and, and a good boy. <laughs> but uh, Tom is your wonderful husband. Oh, and, God uh, bless him. And he's running up a storm still these days, as, as are you. And it, it, just talk a little bit about what it's meant. And he'll blush. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's radio. It doesn't, it's podcasting. Talk a little bit about how important it's been to have him, mm -hmm. particularly him by your side. Well, we'll we've been married for four. We've been together for forty-two years. We just celebrated our forty-first wedding anniversary. Uh, tough. Thank you, thank you. Very, very blessed. And I don't know where I'd be without him. I really and truly don't. He said, "Okay, they're telling you to quit your job. It's a no-brainer." I'm like, what about health insurance? What about my salary? What are what are we going to do? And there were a couple of times when we were white knuckling it financially, and he held total faith. He said, "Don't worry about it. We'll make it through. You know, just you just focus on your healing." Which, you know, that's pretty remarkable um, for anyone. It was the greatest gift he yeah, could have ever yeah. given me, and he's just—he's an amazing partner on and off the roads. He runs at my pace, and then we schedule races for him so he can shine and run at, at his pace. And it's just—it's—it's it's truly a beautiful partnership. And we met on a blind date. So no kidding. Figure. You yeah. met on a blind date. Wow! I give you a fist pump if I could reach you there, Tom. There you go. <laughs> Virtual fist pump to uh, to hubby Tom, who's who's a great companion and great partner in this exercise. So you see yourself, I mean, the book is terrific. It outlines all of this to the present day, but you see yourself on a mission. And I don't want to get too corny here, but the mission mm -hmm. is not just to heal, which you've been doing and continue to do. I think when you go through a healing process and you keep going, it's even more fun. It even makes you feel better, right? Than you yes. did originally. Yes. But, but talk about your your goals in the future, you know, in trying to reach other people and what you're doing. Yes. So basically, I want, especially women, Jordan, although my message is for everybody of every age, but 
I think as women, we tend to lose our power, especially when there's a white coat sitting before us. Mm. And we tend to really take on the diagnosis and the prognosis and we give away our power. And I feel it's so important for especially women to realize that they have a say and that also that there's a lot of healing power through the mind-body connection. And as you said, the science is there. And on my website and in the back of my book, I have healing resources and I have the science that's there. Mm. And it's such a blessing that they finally are doing studies on this. And um, one of my favorite studies of the mind-body connection is that there is one group of people who uh, practice piano and they, they do it with their hands. And then another group imagines practicing piano and the muscles grow uh, mm. almost mm. to the same extent, whether the person is imagining it or whether they're actually playing the piano. Think of uh, the great Larry Dossie, Dr. Dossie and the power of prayer. I, yes. I remember chatting with him over the years, John Kabat-Zinn, and of course, Bernie Siegel, who mm. is terrific. And so many of these people... 30, 40 years ago, we're, we're talking about this and others scoffed at them and didn't pay much attention, but now they are. Dr. Herbert Benson yes, uh, here at Harvard and so many others. So good for you for being a, a layperson and really pointing out that it can really work. It does really work. And, you know, you mentioned layperson. The other thing, too, is I'm not – well, I am a celebrity in my own right, but what I'm saying is is that I'm not – I'm not like a famous person kind of thing mm -hmm. that I'm I'm just your ordinary extraordinary uh 65-year-old woman who's had this incredible journey and I think the fact that I don't have like big celebrity makes it relatable for people. Oh, well, if people read the book or any of your work, including your poetry by the way. I mean, poetry can sometimes be a little tough to negotiate as a reader. It's very clean and understanding and and uh, heartfelt. But no, I, I agree. And we should mention the website, which is such an original name. www.marymcmanus.com. And by the way, on there, uh, thank you for plugging the fact that we were recording this on a particular date. I appreciate that. And there are links to all kinds of things. And you're speaking occasionally in the area, right? Yes, absolutely. So. And uh, so when you mentioned, you asked about my goals, I definitely want to get out there and do more more public speaking and motivational speaking. I have a gig for you. I'll, I'll tell you off mic. Okay. Okay, it's going to be fun. I promise. Uh, Mary, it is so lovely to see you. Uh, the Adventures of Runner Girl 1953. I don't think this will be your last book. I'm sorry to say. You've got more books in you. I think so. This was my trilogy. I call this my trilogy of transformation because I, I have two before it. Um, so it's, yeah, I'm, I continue to journal. I continue to have a blog, uh, which is also, you know, that's also a way of getting my, mm -hmm. my message out to people. So, yeah, it's, it's a great time in my life, and I, I love running. And I, I, if I could just point out that for the months of May, June, and July, all proceeds of my book are going to the Joseph Middlemiss Foundation to support my partner's run for the Falmouth Road Race. So it's a great time to buy the book, and mm -hmm. I'm just delighted to be able to support that It's also foundation. available, of course, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, right, and all those places? Yes, okay. and also uh, in a brick-and-mortar store at Paper Fiesta, which is on Mile 10 of the Boston Marathon Road. Oh, how apropos. Isn't it? Now, I have one more question for you. Sure. And if you don't do this, you really ought to start. When you say goodbye on the phone or you head outside the door, do you always say, got to run? <laughs> 
If not, you should start. I mean, it could be your tagline. It, it definitely should be, without a doubt. Yes, well, water girl. Before you run, thank you again, Mary. It's lovely to see you. God bless and keep up the great work. God bless, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to reconnect with you and to share my journey with your listeners. Mary McManus is quite an inspiration and such a lovely friend. And sharing her story with you has been an honor and a pleasure. Now, as always, I appreciate you subscribing and downloading and rating and reviewing my podcast on Mike with Jordan Riches on all major platforms. You can reach me through Twitter at JordanWBZ. On Facebook, the handle is Jordan Rich Show. And if you'd like to connect with me by email, it's Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, at ChartProductions.com. Until next time, this is Jordan Rich saying, be well so you can do good.